Welcome back to the Castaway Consultants, where we teach future Survivor players how to play the game while criticizing current players. Today, we are talking about Season 43, The Merge Episode. This is Episode 6, Mergatory. And I love that they use this term because I don't think I've heard it before, and it is perfect for this scenario. I'm one of your co-hosts, Josh Wessler, joined today by only one other co-host, Mr. Derek Kubacek. Not the person you were expecting, huh? Ryan is usually the mainstay, but we had some dust blow in from our evil neighbors in Nebraska, and he is feeling like death from the chin up. Uh, so we ran some tests, and he he just wasn't up to it. So where are your stand-ins for the night? You'll have to deal with um, our, our rubious opinions rather than Ryan's always great and fantastical opinions, as he will tell you, and so often be utterly wrong. <laughs> Especially about burn books. <laughs> yeah, what are what are we going to do without him? Who knows? This is the only second time that we've had a podcast episode sans Ryan. You remember back, I don't even, 2020 probably, we had to do one where he got COVID, I think. Or maybe just some general sickness and it was in the peak COVID time, so we were just being extra cautious. And, you know, me, I think me and Derek did a pretty good job, if I, was, if I do say so myself. So I think we're going to be fine here. So you can stick around and keep listening. Absolutely. And this is what Ryan would say if he were here. Uh, well, you know, let, let's, let's get into the Survivor content of the episode. Like, let's, let's get a move on. So, Josh, what did you think, generally speaking, before we get into spoilers, of, of the Merge episode? BYOB. Dude. I I love merge episodes so much. I, I really enjoyed this episode. Maybe it was just because it was a merge episode and you see everyone coming together and there's so many things going on. It's very strategy heavy. Those are the, my favorite parts of Survivor, as with a lot of people. So it automatically just makes it a good episode. But I think that, you know, the show did a good job at also keeping you guessing and not knowing which way it was, it was going the entire time. I'm glad that I didn't really have to sweat my winner pick. I did for like two minutes right away. And then I saw the direction that they were starting to go. And I'm like, oh, no, I think I'm going to be fine. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. How about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I think I was I was talking with Ryan because he was watching with me. I, I, I'm over at his place. You know, he wants to stay caught up on Survivor. And he, he was saying that he wished that the episode was 90 minutes long. And I said, you know what? Yeah, for the Castaway Consultants, maybe we want a 90-minute episode. But for your general audience, or if you're just looking through an entertainment lens, I think that the pacing, the sort of frenetic... We didn't really have time to contemplate how quickly things were changing, morphing, merging, getting turned on their heads, people getting caught with doublespeak, people throwing other people under the bus. Like It was all like bam, 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 bam. And I think that's... I mean, for all intents and purposes, how it happened on the island. So crunching all of that into a 60-minute or, I guess, 43-minute episode with commercials felt really satisfying for me to watch just as a viewer. Yeah, of course, I want to see a few more of those strategy talks, but I think we got enough. I, I think we got everything that we truly needed to understand the rise and fall of the person who went home. I was on the edge of my seat the whole episode. So from an entertainment standpoint, I think this might be my favorite of the season so far, and I actually am not sure that it's close. Yeah, it's either this or, I don't know, the premiere <laughs> for me. Yeah, and the premiere, the premiere was great. Yeah, I'm going to side with Ryan a little bit on that, which is like, I, I'll, I'll take any Survivor content that I get, but I do absolutely understand the, the argument for the pacing side because it, it had me going the entire time. I don't really pay attention to commercials too often during Survivor, but I found myself tonight going like, man, commercials seem to go be going really long just because I kept, I was waiting for it to come back and I wanted to see what was going to end up happening. And that's always a great sign uh, when you have something like that happen. I think the only way that you'd be able to push this into like a 90 minute is if you if you added other aspects to it, kind of like what we saw in like 41 and 42, where it was kind of like part a and part B of of the merge. But I think I, I, I think I like this structure better overall. All right. Well, I mean, unless you have anything else, I think it's best if we just jump right a, maybe into the spoiler section of, of this episode. No, that that works for me. And uh, you know what? I'll, I'll kind of let you take the uh, uh, the Ryan role if you, if you want it here. Oh, I, I will do my absolute best. We all know that Ryan is a pretty darn good narrator. He's very well practiced. He does it across two podcasts and I am just a stand in. So, yep. By the way, recommendation, go watch the episode if you haven't seen it yet. So three, two, come on, get out of here, one. So we're going to see Baca absolutely implode tonight, which culminates in this sort of volcanic eruption that 
I, I, I couldn't even describe it anything better than just, like, total family drama. It was, like, total drama island, the animated series, and Ellie's going to end up going home tonight as a result. So to uh, kick myself, last week I said, aha, Baca's coming in as the most unified tribe. Absolutely not. They are coming in as the least unified tribe. Tried to call my shot, but, you know, you can't make them all. This is just for fun. Uh, Had freezing cold takes here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm happy when these things prove me wrong because it makes it all the more entertaining. So, yeah, we're going to lose Ellie tonight. And the hints are there early on based on editology. I'm better at the game than I thought I was. <laughs> but, you know, famous last words. But there really are a lot of components and a lot of blocks that need to slide in and out of place in order for it to kind of fall on her. So, uh, yeah, do you have anything else before we, you know, jump right into the, the, the chronology of the episode? Uh, you know what, before, before we move on, I think we just can, we, I think we need to offer up one, one big LOL here to Ryan's winner pick. <laughs> 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 because we did the same thing to you when you were gone, and now the same thing to him when he's gone. So, LOL, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, because Ellie was his episode one winner pick, was it not? I mean, technically, yeah, it's yeah, Ryan. Yeah, it's Ryan. His winner pick Ryan, is Ryan. But, but uh, if he and, you wasn't know, locked not, in to Team Ryan. I'm not going to take it away from him, but he did say if he wasn't forced into playing the Ryan hand that his go-to would be Ellie. I wonder how it feels to know that his uh, ridiculous third grade strategy is better than his <laughs> better. 28-year-old learned opinion. Oh, yeah, and we saw some great moves from Ryan this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they're... they're this is one of Ryan's stronger episodes, in my opinion. Uh, oh, okay. but, you know, but we'll, we'll we'll see where this all kind of culminates, I suppose. Yeah, we'll um, we'll get to it. All right, so you ready to jump into this episode? Let's do it. All right, so episode six, Mergatory. So we got Tree Mail at Bessie and uh, Coco. The merge is here. So we arrive, and Sammy has a fun moment where he goes, "BYOB, where's the party at?" And of course, we're all on the beach. We don't have buffs given out or anything like that yet. We're going to be doing a different iteration of what we saw in season 41 and 42. But, you know, the merge is here for all intents and purposes. I mean, we're on one beach. You know, at worst, it's Survivor One World. So intermingling has begun. Uh, and of course, when this sort of thing starts, you need to be careful about the conversations that you're having right as you hit the beach. First impressions are important. I don't think we got anything super notable here other than the fact that Owen breaks down all of the advantages and idols by owned by pretty much everyone, with the exception of Cody having an idol. He didn't talk about that one. Uh, and I only thought this notable because I feel like this is emblematic of the current era of Survivor, where five minutes onto the Merge Beach, Owen, being only on Baca Tribe, knows where almost everything else is based on just a few conversations. Yeah, he was only missing Cody's idol, which I'm sure he was actually clued in on later on based on, uh, I think it was Ellie's intuition mm -hmm. or, or, you know, the information that she got from other conversations about the bead hat, which I love the payoff on. But he, he rattled off every single other advantage, extra vote, idol, no vote. Like he knew he knew everything just from a couple of conversations so that that's pretty impressive and you have to think that almost every player on the beach is able to do that at this point almost everything is public forum and on, on a certain level i guess that makes it interesting but for a season of survivor you know i i kind of hate to see it like <laughs> even carla with her secret idol relative to to her tribe i mean anyone is going to be able to figure that out as soon as they start talking about beads. It just so happened to come up that Cody made a hat out of all the beads. So, you know, Cody was kind of the victim of the beware advantage twist or the beware advantage methods now. And it's very likely that this could happen to Carla as soon as next week. Yeah. It, interestingly, when Ellie found out about Cody's hat, uh, the only people she was having a conversation with were people on Baca and Vessi. So I, I don't believe there are any Coco members there. Carla hasn't told anyone about the idol. So it still remains a little bit of a mystery if more of that gets communicated about, you know, the information on the beads. Yeah, it's going to circle around and it's going to come back to Carla. But for now, it's kind of kind of interesting that it hasn't come up yet. Yeah, and part of that might have been the, the sort of early ties between Vessi and Baca before that kind of falls apart later in the episode. But, you know, other than you already mentioning Ellie with uh, the, the beads observation with Cody, you know, nothing really happens. We're going to go straight to the uh, uh, earn the merge challenge. So we need to talk about this a little bit because Jeff very explicitly says before the challenge begins, 
No twist. When you're in, you're in. All he needed to do was go around in pinky promise and then uh, issue a formal apology to Danny. <laughs> yep. And everyone is celebrating. He even he even said the words, I might not get this exactly right, but he said, basically, you know, you have the feast, you have your immunity, whatever, and no one can take it away from you. And everyone claps and cheers and it's it's beautiful. And I know it pained Jeff just a little bit to say that and to see that kind of uh, reaction to him. But I don't care. I, I'm so glad that we are back to this because this is what on this podcast, I believe all of us kind of were in agreement that's like, you're so close. You're so close to the perfect adjustment. If you want to change up the merge, just get rid of the hourglass, get rid of whatever exile island you might do do the winning in and then and then just move on from there and that's exactly what they're going to do here it, given where we're at and by the way i love this iteration of earn the merge I, i've seen on twitter that people are kind of polarized on it i i don't mind this at all as as a different dynamic i think it's interesting i think it's fair i think it encourages new groups of people to work together um and also be able to bond over at least one challenge doesn't just jump straight into individual gameplay from very hierarchical siloed tribes so i really like this iteration ryan was saying the one thing that he would change from this one is you know they did the earn the merge but he also liked in the last seasons where the remaining contestants had a chance, one more chance to earn individual immunity on their own. So Ryan wants to see that added back in as well. I'm fine with this as well because, you know, this is your chance to earn the immunity. And also, you know, Jeff Pinky promised this time that nobody's taking it away. Uh, so that's almost as good as, you know, giving another person an opportunity of individual immunity. So so I like where we're at. I, I like Ryan's version as well. Uh, but this is head and shoulders above the rest because I, I agree with you. I think we all agreed that Hourglass was one of the more unfair twists in the history of the show. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. And for the people who might be polarized online about this, I don't really know what solution they might have. It's I'm, I'm assuming their opinion is basically, no, we just want it to be the old way. So, you know, you're probably not going to end up getting that. So deal with it. So we're going to do a, a rock draw in order to decide our new team. So, you know, we got one gray rock and then some blue rocks, some red rocks. Uh, I don't remember who was what color, but I do have the teams written down here. So on team one, I believe it was the blue team. We are going to end up with Gabler, Jesse, Ryan, Janine, Dwight, and Carla. And then the red team, team two, we're going to end up with Cassidy, Owen, Sammy, James, Ellie and Cody leaving Noel with the gray rock. And we're going to uh, do a callback to survivor Nicaragua with Mr. Dan. When Jeff says, you know, you just kind of get to hit your wagon to a horse. And if you pick the right one, congrats, you got immunity. You've earned the merge, make your choice. And I, I like this as well. I thought this was way more fair than sending them to exile for two days and then giving them an hourglass. Perfect. Yep. This, this is the perfect, you know, in between for them to choose. So I have no issue with it. And, and, I, I do agree that Noel had kind of in uh, a tough time here uh, deciding which tribe because they seem pretty even. Personally, I would have gone with the red tribe. I would have been wrong, but that's who I was kind of leaning towards uh, at the beginning. That's crazy to me. I, I would have picked red hands down. You give me Cody, Owen, and Sammy to get through the physical portion, and then you have an Ellie on the puzzle portion along with like your Owen. Yeah. I mean, I know that Noel has very limited knowledge of them, but I think on paper, the red team was kind of the easy choice and she went the other direction. As Robert Frost said, sometimes the road less traveled though, because this <laughs> is going to pay off. Blue's going to pull it out. And I mean, just of note, Ryan goes upside down to pull up Carla, who's got a laceration on her hand. Oh yeah, my wild. goodness. And, and like, I don't want to like, I don't want to over blow this or anything like that but like it seemed like it was a bit of a blowout up until the puzzle it seemed like they were quite a bit behind the red team and then you know puzzles great equalizer uh, and they were able to catch up uh, just because of how fast they caught on to it yeah absolutely like you already said it uh, puzzles is a great equalizer you know ellie's gonna feel responsible for this this isn't why she gets voted out at all but you know it is, it's still of note that she had her fate in her hand, so there's some poetry there, even if it doesn't play into the strategy or the edit. Yeah, with, with the blue team winning and then Noel retaining immunity along with that, they're going to get a, a, a merge feast, so they're going to go off and do their thing. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go right back to yeah, the new merge beach with our unsafe contestants, which, as a reminder, the people who are no longer safe as a result of the challenge, Cassidy... Owen, Sammy, James, Ellie, and Cody. Reminder for the audience that Cody has an idol. 
but he's the only one who is unsafe, who has an advantage. Everyone else who has hardware in their pocket is on the winning side, which I thought was crazy how that distribution worked out. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and and everyone who was uh, at risk here of going home, like everyone had a really close ally at least that had an advantage. And I mean, I was expecting idle get in arm uh, advantage get in uh if you listen to our last podcast you know i i mentioned in my predictions that i thought that there were going to be at least a couple that were played and we got nothing and and i know that only one person here who was vulnerable had an advantage but you know i was expecting people to just want to push things uh towards their own agenda and what they wanted to happen but that wasn't the case here so kind of kind of impressive really yeah so the first strategy talk we're going to get back at at camp is James is going to pull Cody aside, which sketches people out a little bit. Uh, But ultimately, we're going to end up with a conversation between uh, Ellie and some of the other Baca members, I think some Vessi members eventually, but using Cody as a decoy to turn on Coco. And it doesn't, they don't say this explicitly, but I'm guessing she's doing that because in, if things go awry, at least Cody has an idol. I don't know if she ever explicitly says that she figured this out, but I mean, so far, so good. Ellie wants to work with Vessi and she's basing that on their collaboration in previous challenges, something that we mentioned on the podcast last week. And then her plan is to split the vote between Cassidy and, and James over on Coco. So, so far on paper, everything is going right as we thought it was going to, you know, she tells Cassidy and James, of course, on Coco that she's willing to take out Cody. Cassidy kind of believes her because she kind of wants to, you know, do a little bit of a girl thing and she wants to build trust with new new tribe members. But James, there's just something in his mind that says, I don't know, I I don't trust this Ellie. I I don't trust her. There's just something off. You know, we're going to talk a lot later about head versus gut and james has a gut feeling about ellie and you know he ends up being right yeah a lot of times you do have to go with your gut on survivor just because people are going to be that good at lying straight to your face with the move to list out cody there potential for you know the idol play i i love not just the cody part but also uh, the other two people that ellie threw out i think that this was a perfect plan for her just because you could get Cody to toss out an idol idol goes out the door even though he's not going to be getting votes you know if someone is spooked you know I'd probably lay my idol down if I was Cody and I was a little bit worried about votes coming my way so completely understandable and a great move to to have him be the decoy but then the two people on Coco it feels like it really should be both Vessi and Baka working together here so it makes complete sense the one asterisk is I I am not a huge fan of someone who is vulnerable being the one to lay out a plan at the merge. It's such an uncertain time when all of these people are coming together that if you try to make a move at especially at the merge, you know you're you're putting your own name out there. Uh you're, you're making yourself more visible to other people and that can make it just be turned around on you so much easier than if you kind of lay back and maybe let someone maybe have like Janine go out and and put this idea in motion for you because she's not vulnerable I don't know I just I I wasn't a huge fan of her trying to push towards really anything in this scenario I you know to a certain extent I, I agree I am someone who wants to take action rather than inaction and letting that be my action right I want to take my fate into my own hands and because she doesn't have any hardware and she knows where most of the hardware is I don't mind her being somewhat of a driving force but we've seen this time and time again where come merge time one person is immediately going to just like step on the gas pedal and try and take control of everything or maybe overplay the position as a as a swing vote or as a swing voting block. The first one that comes to my mind is Sarah Lucina from uh, season 28 from Kagiyan. You know, we we see this right then and there. And then, you know, Chaos Cast ultimately comes up and clips her wings and says, absolutely not. You're not as powerful as you think you are. You're playing both sides. And why don't those both sides just come together and vote you out? This is exactly what happened, except it was sort of three or two members of Baca caught in the middle and then Ellie blowing everything up because of uh, bridges that she had burned previously to this. To your point, this is great for Ellie. I think this is actually the right move for Baca as a whole. Everybody on Baca should want Ellie's plan to work. And there are two people that we're going to talk about right now 
that are kind of befuddling with this, but let's lay the groundwork a little bit more. At the feast, you know, first of all, we're going to get Ryan pitching his final seven (laughs) sort of awkwardly. Like, you know, I don't hate the attempt, but it was so so sloppy. (laughs) It's it's self-awareness. Like, I I hope he knew that this had a 0.001% chance of working. You're banking on people throwing away all relationships end up to this point just based on you know having a challenge win together and being at a merge feast i really hope he didn't actually think that something would happen here and it, it seemed kind of embarrassing and it almost i i don't think this is going to be the case but it, it almost makes you seem like a worse player and someone who like it, people might view you a little bit differently when they're thinking about you know whether or not you're you're a good player and a solid player and a threat in the game so i i don't think anything's gonna come of it uh but it's just like what what are you doing man yeah it's absolutely naivety showing a little bit but you know what we're gonna get is of course everyone kind of pitching why their teammate should be the one to stay so obviously ryan is like nope i don't want anyone on coco to leave and uh you know vessie's sticking up for veginine's like i don't want ellie to go or owen or or sammy to go and then you know gabler he's just like i don't like ellie Ellie searched my bag, which reminder to the audience, she did, in fact, not do that. This is all a fabrication that was concocted by Sammy because Sammy viewed Ellie as a bigger threat than Janine two weeks ago. This is one of those little fibs. There's an episode of Veggie Tales. I think it's like Larry Boy and like the ever-growing fib or something. And the lie gets so big because the lies compound, compound, compound. And then eventually it all erupts. This is now paid negative dividends for the Baca Alliance. Like Sammy, he still is gunning for Ellie, not seeing the bigger picture that if he flips on this tribe, he's going to lose former Baca votes. And Gabler, he's doing the exact same thing. But, I mean, right now, Gabler just throws Ellie under the bus. Regardless of whether or not Ellie searched your bag two weeks ago, or I guess this is a 26-day season, regardless if she searched your bag a week ago, this is a bad move. You don't show your cards and go all in with this with this grouping right now to try and force Ellie out of the game. It's bad. Yeah, I keep bouncing back and forth because he knows that Ellie is someone that he does not want to work with and, he, and, and that she's a threat. So he's going into the merge here knowing that he's going to try and be strong with the Baca guys, just the guys. And and he knows that. And I don't know if he's going to try to, you know, get them out in like two or three votes or what, but it basically ends up being him saying, Oh no, we like, we need to make a move on her now just because we don't have any choice. So I don't know if he'll necessarily lose him any votes, but you know, he's not going to get any favor from Ellie here. So it's going to be an uphill climb if it does end up coming to that. And, you know, all the way in final tribal, my big issue with Gabler doing this now, these are untested waters. Once again, the only certainty that you have is the behavior of the people, you know, that's all you have. So the the real question, like, if if this is a good move for Gabler, is can he win with other Baca members with him, or can he only win if the other Baca members are on the jury? Now, if him flipping causes all four of the remaining Baca to end up on the jury, that is four people who will 100% not vote for him because he flipped. And Gabler, I don't know if he has the wherewithal to get the remaining what will be five votes or whatever the number will be, because there will be 12 people. Uh, so there will be final three, so nine total jury likely. That means that he's lost four of the nine uh, of the five votes <laughs> that you need. He's got to sweep the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he would need a perfect sweep by betraying Baca. Now, luckily, Sammy seems to be in his corner with this, but this is a horrible move, and it is a mostly surefire way to lose you the game, in in my opinion. I don't think it's necessarily surefire. G- G- Gabler's got an uphill climb anyways. I don't know if he knows that necessarily, but what he wanted, he got here. He wanted to throw Ellie's name out there. He wanted her to go home, and it's because he doesn't think that he has a good relationship with her anyways. So, you know, if he makes it to the end and Ellie's on the jury now versus on the jury at you know fifth place i don't know if that necessarily changes her vote either either way so i think she's either going to be with him or against him regardless now i don't think she's going to vote for him if he gets to the end Mm -hmm. um 
but I think he would have had a hard time getting her vote either way. My one big caveat to that is even if you don't like someone, you should only vote them out if they're not going to work with you. Gabler wanting to vote Ellie out, even though Ellie is clamoring for Baca to stay together. That is where Gabler needs to have that recognition to say, oh, you know what? It is better to keep our numbers together for right now, because why would Ellie come for you at merge? It doesn't make sense. A game of five became a game of 13, and all of a sudden it makes sense to keep the five together. Gabler does not have the awareness or the uh, the ability to step outside of himself and view the pieces on the board well enough to appreciate that. Gabler doesn't want to work with Ellie. Gabler refuses to work with Ellie. Ellie is willing to work with anybody, and that's why, I like, come down to brass task, that's why I think this is a horrible move for Sammy and a horrible move for Gabler, because whether or not you like her or not, you know her. You know her ins and outs, and frankly, you have leverage on her. You can get her out later. Solidify a new alliance right now because she's willing to work with you. I'm going to go bad move for Gabler. I'm not I'm not going to say this is a bad move for Sammy because Sammy's reacting to his move. So he's he's more just trying to glue the pieces back together and shift it in the way, you know, after Gabler comes through like a wrecking ball here. He's trying to pick up the pieces in the best way possible and the damage is done already from what Gabler has done. So I can't really put anything on Sammy here. I I haven't think he did a good job at trying to pick up the pieces uh, because he didn't have much to work with. Picking up the pieces after he pushed Humpty Dumpty off the bridge, right? Because he, he 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 threw yes. Ellie under the bus a while ago. So a like I see where I, I see where you're coming. So like with within the confines of this episode, sure. But I think he was trying to fix it in the wrong way. I think trying to get Baca to stay a five for right now was what was best. You can grant him the awareness for realizing Gabler wasn't going to do that, but we also got the confessional from him saying, like, nope, we got to get Ellie out. So it comes down, do you trust that he was just reacting to Gabler, or do you think that this is what he wanted to do too? And I am going to lean with the latter. I think that he wanted to do this, and I think it was very nearsighted and impulsive and a very bad move. But we're going to get all of this. This is where things are going to get fun, because Ellie confronts Gabler. Now, on the surface... I like this. Let us air our grievances. You know, Festivus, right? Festivus. Privately. Yeah, yes. Privately airing the grievances. No public forum. Let's figure out what's going on here. Ellie basically says, like, I don't know who you heard this from. And then Gabler, because he's just, like, airing everything, he's like, oh, well, Sammy told me. And so she's like, aha, sleuthing. Cool. We're going to put that one on the back burner for right now. (laughs) We'll talk to Sammy later. I did not search your bag. X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And Gabler says, yeah, that's fine and dandy. I still hate you. (laughs) <laughs> i wouldn't i would not feel good about that conversation walking away from it if i'm if i'm ellie and i and, and to her credit i don't think she does i don't think she does you know gonna be a little bit critical on her though just because she ends up trying to trust him in the end and and maybe maybe her options were just so limited that she didn't really have a choice but you know i would walk away from this conversation basically be, basically being like okay I need a new plan going forward that does not include five Baca votes. And and yep. she doesn't really. She, she puts her trust back into uh, who ends up being Janine and basically her words saying, no, we're, we're good. And that was a mistake. Yeah. And I mean, in the course of this conversation, she's going to basically also air back to him that Janine does in fact have an idol, which just solidifies in Gabler's mind that Sammy and Owen are the people that he can trust and that Janine and Ellie are people that he cannot trust. Now, you can't trust anybody in Survivor and you've lived with them for a while, you know them, you should still probably want to work with them in, to some extent. But, you know, we, we've, we've already sort of beaten that horse to death, so we can leave that alone for now. <laughs> We're going to continue on the, uh, the, the Ellie Storm Tour. Uh, Hurricane Ellie has arrived. She is now going to confront Sammy and Owen about the Gablers, uh, you know, about the Gabler of it all. And, you know, they talk about clearing stuff up and, you know, refocusing their efforts to split the votes on Cassidy and James and ultimately take out James and Coco. Sammy and Owen are pissed at Gabler, understandably so, for catalyzing this whole sequence of events. But this is also where we're going to get the confessional saying that Sammy also wants to take out Ellie. 
he's just not happy at Gabler for how this all happened. Owen, meanwhile, is the only person here in my mind speaking any sense saying, like, guys, can we please just keep it together for right now? Like, this could all fall apart later. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to that challenge. Uh, it's an old one where they have to put a boat together like a puzzle, and it started falling apart, and so they were all holding each other together <laughs> with their boat oh, God, falling apart. I don't apart. know what season it is, but I know ex- I can picture it perfectly in my yeah, head. Ex- exactly. So this is just all running through my head right now. And, you know, meanwhile, James, he wants to take out Ellie. And it makes sense. He's going to go talk with Jesse. And so now Coco and Vessi are building bridges together because Baca has absolutely squandered their ability to sort of play decider. Yeah. And and word is getting out that there's other things going on than just a really easy vote split on Coco between uh, Baca and Vessi. You know, that that was the easy solution. Perfect. Done deal. Let's go into the merge and, you know, work our way forward by dismantling Coco. And word is getting out that that's not going to be the case here and that there's other shenanigans going on. Absolutely. And I think that another part is catalyzed from Gabler. When he said that he wants Ellie out, I'm thinking that Vessi and Coco, they're just looking for the the, the the least common denominator. There's blood in the water, folks. As they this should. Is, this is a classic merge vote. Find the fissure and exploit it. So amidst all of these conversations, the capstone is all of Baca, Sans Ellie coming together. So Janine, Owen, Sammy, and Gabler. We need to decide what we're doing right now. And the group consensus at this conversation in front of Owen and Janine notably because they their their votes will be different is that yeah we need to stay baka strong today for right now two of these people are lying and the other two are just putting all of their hopes and dreams into the currency of trust that they have with baka We'll never know to the extent which Sammy was maybe clued in by members of Coco and Vessi on the Ellie betrayal, or I guess the Ellie switch into the vote. So all we have is what the edit gave us, and it said that he wanted her out as well. So that's that's kind of what I'm moving forward with. Yeah, here's the thing. I think, I think you know, Gambler started this boulder rolling down a hill, and upon learning more and more about Ellie, which this is exactly what we saw on the episode, but upon learning more and more about Ellie, people on Coco and Vessi basically kept having these light bulb moments. Like there, there were like two or three of them. Uh, that's just like, Oh, you know, this is Ellie. Oh, Ellie said this to me. Oh, she's lying about this. I think at this point, by the time this conversation happened, I don't remember exactly, you know, when it was based on what we saw, but it, it seemed like it was a lost cause. <laughs> so I, I think at least from someone like Sammy or Owen or or even, I mean, it doesn't really matter for Gabler since he wants her to go home regardless. But from the other two guys, I think they already know that this is a lost cause and that the plan is shifting very quickly towards being Ellie as a target, not just by Baca, but by the other two tribes as well. Yeah, it doesn't really explain Owen's vote, but I think it's maybe just best if we get to tribal council then. Um, sure. So we're going to get a whole lot of yada, yada, yada. Ellie says that she's in danger and everyone else talks about trust as a currency. But nothing really else of note. Reminder to the audience that Jesse and Janine have no vote. Uh, Noelle does have a steal of vote should she choose to use it. And then uh, Carla has an idol. Cody has an idol. Gabler has a temporary idol. And who's, whose idol am I missing? Um, uh, Janine. And, yes, and Janine has an idol. Yeah, Janine has an idol. And she has promised that if she senses that Ellie's in danger, she'll play it for her. Yep, that, that conversation happened before Tribal, that it was a one-on-one conversation. Like, hey, I'll give it to you if I think that you're in trouble. We see this all the time. And 90% of the time, it does not get played, which is almost always the right move. We can talk about that afterwards, uh, whether or not this was the right move for Janine to not play it, but there was actually a pretty open discussion about advantages here at Tribal. So it was interesting, just going back to it, it, it's pretty obvious that everyone knows where almost everything is. Yeah, and that's why they have such an open conversation about advantages and idols. It's because unwittingly production has managed to get everyone sharing all of their deepest darkest secrets and it's almost impossible not to do it um which you know we've already uh stated our opinions on the matter we're here right now we're analyzing the game everybody knows so we have to figure out you know how do we how do we play it live 
But ultimately, I mean, the votes are going to shake out. We're going to have votes kind of all over the place. We don't get many tribal councils where four different people get votes. So we're going to have two votes on James, one vote on Cassidy, one vote on Owen, seven votes on Ellie. Ellie is voted out of this game. So just to go through that vote breakdown really quickly. So Owen and Ellie are the two votes for James, sort of Baca and Ellie's original plan. One vote for Cassidy, which is going to be Noel. Maybe what I suspect happened with Carla, possibly, is they were just playing some insurance for shot in the dark because Carla throws one vote on Owen with the remaining seven all voting for Ellie. So this is a pretty strong consensus. It obviously means that Gabler and Sammy went through with their intent on voting for Ellie, maybe despite this not really being in their best interest in the short term. I don't know. Yeah, Josh, what do you what do you think about the, the votes falling out like this? That's kind of curious that Owen voted that way. You would think that he would know what was going on between Sammy, Gabler, you know, or any other vote to get Ellie out. Was he not clued in? Was he? I don't think he was doing it for insurance purposes just because he could have put that on anyone unless they didn't know like the full extent of like who was all in on the Ellie vote. So I, I really don't know. I, I, I don't know. This was almost the nail in the coffin for me that Gabler went renegade, Sammy went renegade, and Coco and Vessi played it very close to the vest to make sure that Ellie felt comfortable enough not to play shot in the dark or for Janine to play her idol. I think all of Baca was left out, and Owen just happened to want to go with Baca slash Vessi's original plan of voting out James. It's just the plan had changed. Yeah, and and you could say that like he wanted to go with it, and you know, at, at the very worst, it can work as an insurance play just in case for Shot in the Dark, in case the other tribes do end up going somewhere with Ellie. You know, there's always going to be mystery, and you're you're putting trust into people who you've never worked with before. Once it, when it comes to the merge, so it's not the worst thing in the world to have a couple other votes out there just in case Shot in the Dark, Idol, Steal Vote, you know, whatever it might be, comes into play. So. I guess it makes sense, even though we don't know the the full reasoning for it. It makes sense almost either way. Yeah, the one interesting one for me is probably Noelle voting for Cassidy, because if Vessi and Coco are working together, it wouldn't make sense for her to cast a shot in the dark insurance vote onto, uh, onto Coco like that. I would think that she would put it on Sammy, who didn't garner a single vote despite being susceptible, despite being exposed, despite, uh, vulnerable, you know? Cool. So, so Noelle, I think, has the best chance of having been left out of the Vessi Coco discussions. And we don't know at you know, did this all happen at the 11th hour, you know, when she's spending a lot of time with Baca or maybe just near the shelter. And that's where Baca was hanging out. A lot of questions. I, you know, I suppose we might get answers soon, but you I know, hope there, so. there, there might be some fallout. We, you know, we did see her in the next time on Survivor as a focal point. <laughs> and very notably, I know it was kind of mentioned, but no advantages, not a single one was played here. And not a single one was eliminated either. So, no. so let's talk about like whether or not this was the right move. So, I mean, I think it's pretty much unanimous between the three of us. And, and Ryan mentioned this. Ellie should have absolutely played her shot in the dark once she realized that Gabler was unwilling to work with her. You know, so it doesn't mean that she has to go and have conversations about doing something else. If you don't do that, you need to be committed to, I think, playing the shot in the dark. I think she should have done it at that point, because if Baca's not together, there's blood in the water and, you know, you're exposed. Yeah, your one your one vote isn't going to make a difference. So if you, you know, if you think that it could be close between you and someone else or two other targets, you know, I guess technically if there's a split or anything like that. But, but even in that scenario, it's not really a big deal if your vote goes to waste. The only time that it matters is, you know, if the vote's on you and you don't end up using it. So uh, I, I don't really see the reason not to play it in this scenario. The, I think the reason that she chose to go along with it is because, I mean, we would have gotten a heroes versus villains votes had everything gone her way. But then she uses her shot in the dark because Coco would have unified their four votes on to Cody, who doesn't play his idol. And then Cody goes home because the Coco four are now only against the three and three, because again, Jesse and Janine have no vote. So they didn't have enough for her to just play shot in the dark as insurance. So she was really just putting stock into her plan. But I mean, if it means going home or giving yourself a chance at life based on what Gabler did and how the conversations after the initial throwing under the bus happened, you got to be playing shot in the dark. As for everyone else, I think for everyone except Baca, 
this is the right move. So for the most number of people, it is the right move to turn on Baka, the, the group of five, and to turn on Ellie for two timing, trying to take too much control, sensing blood in the water, and taking advantage of, of Gabler's uh, animosity toward her. So uh, me and Ryan, and I, I, we think it was the right move. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it, it was the right move for basically everyone. I'm even going to toss a couple people on Baka in there just because I'm, I'm thinking more post-Gabler comment. You know, if, if we're going like, Starting the episode, if this would have been the right move, I would have said no. But, you know, after Gabler basically opens Pandora's box here at the, at the feast, I think we're going to be heading down a certain path that is almost inevitable at this point. So I think for most people, actually, including a couple of Baca members, this was the right move. I think it was more fine for Sammy and Gabler because they kind of got sleuthed out by Ellie and it wouldn't lend to their advantage in two or three votes when things start to become a little bit more interesting. I would um, have even said maybe the next vote, like possibly <laughs> like, it could have turned on you really quickly. I think, I think Sammy was dead on when I think it was in a confessional when he said, we need to make a move on her tonight. And they did like credit him. They, they did. He knew when they would be at risk. And even if they do make it through here, perfectly scot-free she could be coming for you the very next episode. So might as well just take her out now. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're entirely going to agree on that. But, you know, listeners, you got to decide because this was an interesting one based on like, who is it best for? I think for Coco and Vessi, absolutely. Just, you know, take them, c- cut out the middleman, right? Direct to it's, consumer. It's, it's, it's tiers. Like, yeah, <laughs> like top tier worked for Coco and Vessi. You know, second tier is like, you know, maybe Owen, I don't know, all, all, all alone, you know, third tier is Sammy and I guess Gabler. And then, you know, Janine's at the bottom. Sure. I, I th- and I think you have Owen flipped because I think it's not great for Owen. True. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but regardless of that, what did, what did Twitter think? Cause we have a poll every week of, you know, was this the right move? Was this the wrong move? We have been at odds with Twitter pretty much this entire season. But what do we yeah, have for tonight? Other than like one or two votes. Yeah, for sure. But according to Twitter tonight, 82% said that, yes, this was the right move. Once again, we're falling right in line with the shot in the dark, like inverse odds. <laughs> That's never not going to be fascinating to me. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, you know what? Yeah, Twitter, we agree. And, you know, sometimes it's it's time for a good downfall for a villain. So, before we get into best and worst player of the episode, let's just talk about Ellie's game as a whole for just a minute. Even if I still believe that Baca should have found a way to stick together for this vote, this is a classic example of treating people poorly and uh, getting your comeuppance. Because Janine and Ellie unnecessarily, because remember, Baca never goes back to tribal council after all the scheming and plotting, after treating Gabler like he's subhuman, like he's not smart enough to read and interpret an advantage or an idle instruction uh, scroll, and going through all of these lies and these fibs in order to set up the next vote should they need to go to it. That vote never came. And so all you ended up with was a fractured, fizzeared, ticked off tribe going into the merge because you were playing too hard before the merge. The social game is the most important. And Ellie and Janine being very unaware, particularly Ellie in the pre-merge, reared its ugly head in a nasty way and ended the game. And she's, she is now pre-merge. She didn't even make it. Yeah, this is a this is a classic play stupid games win stupid prizes. Uh, <laughs> this is rule thirty two, <laughs> where you know they they thought that they're a little smarter than what they actually were, or maybe they thought that Gabler was dumber than what he actually was, and they wanted to you know be sneaky and try to get him out with an idol in his pocket, even though it was an expiring idol. All of that is just ridiculous. It didn't make much sense, and and then not only that, but you try to make moves at the merge on the merge vote when you should probably just lay low at least in my opinion you should try not to bring them uh too much attention because then your then your name could possibly come up especially when it could come up from some rogue person from your existing tribe like gabler so yeah it's you know i think she's a good i'm not gonna say good player i think she's a smart player and a very knowledgeable survivor player but you know sometimes especially when the game shifts whether it's a tribe swap or merge or whatever it might be you know you want a a lot of people are going to want to take action 
And sometimes that's not the best thing to do here. A lot of it was out of her hands. You know, she wasn't at the merch feast when Gabler, you know, mentioned her name. So, you know, she didn't have much control out of that. But that does go back to the things that happened in the pre-merge. So I, I, I think she could have gone far in this game. She didn't. And that's the difference between a good player and a eh, average player. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I'll, I'll end it on this. Even though we're in sort of a postmodern, modern era of Survivor where everybody knows everything and there are advantages and twists and idols hiding under every rock, Survivor 101 still taught us don't be scheming and plotting if you don't know that you're going to tribal. That is something that we learned in like season two, people. <laughs> so don't do it. They never went back. And that is what is the most mind-blowing to me is every time that we visited Baca after they voted out, was it Mariah who was voted out? She, she was the per- first person of the season. So Baca goes to tribal like night one. They never go back. Every time we saw them scheming and plotting between episode one and now was unnecessary. It was all to pay off this complete and utter crumbling. For those of you out there who want to play postmodern, modern Survivor, remember you still need the basics. You still need the foundation. Don't be scheming and plotting if you don't need to be scheming and plotting. These are real people with real feelings, and you're going to suffer real consequences. I don't really have anything else, so we can just get right into the best worst player unless you have anything to add. No, I think we summed it up pretty nicely. All right, so Josh, who'd you have for best player for the night? I know you're not going to like this, but you know I, I was bouncing back and forth between a couple of different people, and there weren't a lot of, like, really big pushes on moves that I saw, you know, other than someone like Gabler. Um, but I can't, I can't give it to Gabler. <laughs> you know, he, he got, <laughs> he got his way. So like efficiency was like a hundred percent for him. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I can't give that to him. You know, I liked someone like James just because he, it seemed like he was able to flip things around pretty nicely for himself, but it, it didn't really seem like something that he did himself. It seemed like it was a result of things that other people did on the tribe. I know you're not going to like it, but I want to give it to here to Sammy. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> no! Because, because he cleaned up Gabler's mess and made it work for something that he wanted to do. Maybe he wanted to do it in a couple of votes. But he, it, it ended up happening here tonight. He knew he wasn't going to be working with Ellie long term. He knew that, you know, Gabler had a ton of stuff going on here that he was just destroying on his way through the merge. And he did a great job at reassuring Ellie that it was, that they were safe, that it was going to be Baca voting together going forward. And it, you know, it could be him or, you know, you could, you could maybe give it to Owen as well. But I think that Sammy just kind of turned out a little bit better from this, uh, which is why I leaned a little bit more towards him. But I I thought that he just kind of it, it, it's not great to move towards this vote in the first place. But the way that he did it was so great to have zero attention on him. Like you said earlier, he was one of the very few people who did not get a vote or any sort of attention tonight. And I think that's just because so much attention was pushed towards Ellie. For people who are watching this on YouTube, my Jaw has been on the floor since he announced this. So I, I will give to Sammy's credit that he did not get a single vote. And, and, and like, I mean, on paper, you know, classic survivor, he's a great merge boot along with the Ryan or the Cody or, you know, anyone with any kind of like physical presence. Right. So like Sammy would have been an easy pick being vulnerable and not having hardware for people to go after. And, and they don't. The reason they don't is because of the Gabler of it all, right? Like, why would anybody target Sammy when Gabler is handing you a Baca member on a silver plate? This is a horrible move, I think, for Sammy, because literally just last episode, Ellie was divulging Janine, her closest ally member, Janine's information to Sammy. Ellie wanted to work with Sammy deep into this game. And, and, so he- and, and that's like true. I am talking more about, you know, what he did with Gabler's actions here, because after Gabler does that, I feel like that relationship is broken because Gabler gives up Sammy's name and Ellie goes to them basically saying, what's up, dude? Like, what is he talking about? And I think he did such a good job at being able to reassure her and turn it around and realize Oh, I I can't have a relationship with this person going forward, and and it, like they need to go tonight. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I I disagree with you, but I I respect the hot take. At least it's like hot. none, it's, none it's, of the it's, negative stuff that happened here was of Sammy's doing. It was well, all no, it was part. it was all of Sammy's doing just from a couple episodes ago. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about a couple episodes ago. Well, I'm, I'm talking I'm, about this episode. Like, I, I'm not gonna. I, I understand congratulating someone for cleaning up their own mess, but like cleaning up Gabler's mess. But like you're sweeping a house that burned down. Regardless, for my best, you actually mentioned the name. I said James. You know, we talked about head versus gut. He sensed something was wrong, and he decided to pull the the Kageon Chaos cast move and be like, "Hey, why don't we just cut out the middleman?" So he organizes uh, Vessi, and uh, they get together and ultimately make the right move by taking out Ellie and you know utilizing Gabler's animosity toward her as as leverage to get it done um so i gave i gave it to james it's the safe pick like like i said like i, I was thinking about james i'm like yeah, yeah you know, it, it's boring yeah you know what i i feel very good about the james pick for best player ryan which by the way folks i have some of his notes in front of me so i get to see his convoluted point system can and, you even read it i you know you can read it but it's basically like fijian hieroglyphics at this point <laughs> like, this is stonehenge magic nonsense his best player is Ryan Madrano and I can't even figure out the backwards calculus that landed him here because like Josh and I <laughs> we throw so much shade on him like we threw more shade on him than a tree when he stood up at the merge and was like how about this be the final seven no those first impressions matter buddy that doesn't look good but he said because uh he won his way into the merge he's showing a willingness to turn on Coco but he chose not to because it wouldn't have been smart he made some inroads with Vessi which like by way of the vote, sure, but I don't think that it was him actively taking a role in it. And then he said because he also helped take down Baca. I feel like three of those things were a team effort, and the one thing that was an individual one is uh, uh, willing to turn on Coco but didn't do it, so he didn't actually do anything. So, you know, no matter how I feel about Sammy as your best player of the episode, it's definitely not Ryan, and it's not... (laughs) And Ryan's yeah, if you, not here. If, if you had to choose one, would you would you rather pick Sammy or Ryan here? I, I'd be. Oh, who do you think played a better episode? I think that Sammy lost a potential ally. I think that Ellie is the kind of player who would let bygones be bygones. You know, she'd be one to talk to Sammy about over strategizing in the pre-merge, right? So I think I would give Ryan a better episode over Sammy. But like within this episode, it's like Ryan didn't do anything. He was a part of a team effort that won. And then, yeah, he was there. And then he didn't turn on Coco. Like, congratulations. And he looked like a fool at the feast. Mm. So it's it's hard. Honestly, those two are a toss-up in my opinion. But you know what? Okay, my, okay. My, my opinion is James is the best um and none of these three are the worst so uh for worst i'll go first it's gabler i think just throwing your entire tribe basically to the wolves at a merge feast because you've got a personal vendetta like yeah there is over strategizing that took place in the pre-merge but like do you want a million dollars flipping on your og tribe at vote one in the merge is literally like the cardinal sin for winning flippers never win now they they can but it's it's more difficult so uh, i have gabler you know i really didn't want to give it to gabler (laughs) just just because it was so effective like he got exactly what he wanted he wanted ellie to go home and he succeeded in that. Yes, it meant that he turned on his tribe, but he felt like that relationship was no longer useful to him and was not going to be viable long term. And so he tossed the name out there and, you know, it burned someone like Janine or whatever. But I don't think they were ever going to work together anyways. Because of Gabler. Let's be clear of uh, why. Because this of Gabler. Because, because of, why of Gabler. <laughs> uh, but he had determined that that was best for his game. I'm trying to just trust Gabler here, even though, like, y- you can't. So, so okay, I guess here's where my head was at. I knew it either had to be Gabler or I put down Janine as my other person just because I think that she was so out of the loop of just like maybe not out of the loop but just so so socially unaware of what was going on and so strategically unaware of what was going on like she did so much reassuring to to ellie and thought they were good and you know all this other stuff meanwhile she doesn't have a photo or anything like that like but whatever 
she thought that all of this was so hunky dory when this is your closest ally. Like this is this is the person that is your number one. So I would if I was her, like I would have been doing a little bit more to make sure that Ellie is good and safe and fine. Because otherwise you're gonna get broken up and now you're gonna be at the very bottom of probably everyone. Like, yeah, maybe you're a free agent, but you're also just alone. You're you're not a part of any sort of alliance. So I think she had the most to lose here uh, out of everyone by Ellie going home. So that's kind of where I was balanced here is uh, <laughs> Gabler's odd move that was completely effective and Janine's just inaction to uh, try to save her closest alliance member. So we didn't talk about it, but I mean, just really quickly, 10 seconds or less, do you think that Janine should have played her idol on Ellie? No, I, I do not. If it comes down to that, I would not play my idol uh, for someone, but I think that she should have done more leading up to it. Sure. Well, Ryan also picked Gabler as uh, the worst player for blowing up Baca too soon. He left the notes, so we're in lockstep there. Um, I'll, I'll officially give it to Gabler, but I'm, I, I want it to be known that I'm doing it very reluctantly. And that I'm giving a dishonorable mention to Janine, just so it's on the record. All right, so next uh, is who do we think is going next? Josh. I think that there's just going to be a complete shift again. I think that this was kind of just a everyone come together and throw stuff at the wall type of vote. You know, there were there were four different names that came up at Tribal with votes, and Ellie wasn't the the choice until late in the day it seemed like until basically everyone was sick of her doing other things and they just turned it on her so i think that that is a formula for there being a lot of mystery going into the next vote so with that being the case i'm gonna look towards someone way off the board that we have seen very little of up until this point and also kind of thinking about the advantages as well uh, about who has like idols still votes all that stuff And the name that I kind of just plucked out from there was Dwight. We haven't seen a lot from Dwight recently, and I think that he could kind of just be a side casualty in in a situation like this where, you know, we have idols spread all across (laughs) all across this newly formed tribe. And, you know, maybe maybe you just have a nice alignment vote where a majority of whatever number we're at now, like seven or eight comes together and you know maybe maybe like a tribe like Vessi is left on the outs or maybe some mixture of of a couple of uh people from different tribes comes together and you know someone someone like Dwight is just you know left left alone there oh well I I love the pick Ryan and I we landed on the same person uh we both said Sammy we're basically banking on the fact that Coco and uh, Vessi are going to continue to feast upon the vulnerable Baka tribe. They've bonded over votes now, and Sammy is vulnerable, and he is a great merge boot. And, I mean, if you can't get him at the merge, you get him at the next one, or the next one, or the next one. So, unless something happens, you know, we, we both have Sammy, and I'm just going to assume that his logic is the same as mine. Next, Ryan's favorite... Who can't win? Um, and I'll start. And again, Ryan and I are exactly the same space that we've been before. It's I, Gabler. Uh, it's yeah. Gabler. Gabler. It's Gabler. Uh, and then for the last section of the episode, it's the Survivor Pool, which, of course, I do not get to uh, partake in. But I do believe that both of you are still in after last week. Yeah, my pick was Cody because I had an idol. And Ryan's pick was Janine because she had an idol. So both of us survive on to the next episode so to catch everyone up people who are not eligible for me to pick are gabler jesse carla james cody so i'm gonna go with the one remaining person that i can pick that has an idol and that is janine and then for for ryan he is not able to pick also gabler cody carla james and janine so derek who did ryan pick he landed on noelle and i'm only gonna say that it's probably because she was brought up in the next time on survivor and so like 90 percent of the time they are not the one to go home so he landed on noelle yeah he's out of people with idols (laughs) yeah right Uh, so you know maybe he's just going for the next person with an advantage you know she has a steal of vote so maybe that's a little bit of power that she can work with Absolutely. Well, this was already longer than a normal one, but it was the merge episode. We had a lot of things to talk about, obviously a lot of dynamics to explore, and of course, Baca's absolute implosion. So, uh, sorry, Ryan. 
lot to edit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You know, this made up for when Derek was gone and me and Ryan just blew through the episode. So there uh, you go. <laughs> uh, obviously, yes. Yeah. So I don't I don't have anything else uh, for tonight. We kind of said it all. But, you know, as always, reach out to us if you have any thoughts or if you think that we're dead dog wrong about something or our opinion is way off base, anything like that. You can follow us on social castaway pod on twitter we're on tiktok we're on instagram we have some facebook followers stuff like that reach out anytime we would love to talk to you josh anything else that we should be aware of right now yeah if you're watching on youtube we'd love it if you subscribed like the video smash that like button uh you know all that stupid stuff i just uh, puked in my mouth <laughs> yeah uh you know video stuff is really new to us if you uh were trying to watch our last video uh the the camera ended up failing i did end up getting uh it posted without the actual visual stuff so hope that was still enjoyable for you but you know we're, we're still kind of new to the whole video side of things so bear with us a little bit right let's let's be real it's better if they can't see our faces we all have faces for radio mm-hmm. that's fair all right anything else i'm good all right well this has been what? the castaway consultants, consultants? Uh, got nothing else for you good night